the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. So let me give you two, one of the best verses I know in Hebrews on faith, although the whole book is a book about faith. It says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. A few verses later it says, I love this phrase, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I don't know what you're going through right now, but if any of you have been listening to uh, the news and watching the newspaper or reading the newspaper, you know that this world is really going through some really, really tough times. And I'm going to paint some uncomfortable figures in front of you here just to get you really prepared for it. And then I'm going to let you enter into this as well. You know that between 500 and 600,000 people are losing their jobs every single week in America right now. Did you not know that? How many of you know someone right now in your family who has lost their job in the last four weeks? Would you raise your hand? Okay, look at the hands. I received a, uh, an email from the person who is renting our house in Blue Ridge. And for those of you that are part of our faith family, you know we have a house here. We have a house in Blue Ridge, Georgia that we're trying to sell. And we're just barely, you know, doing what God would have us to do. And we needed a renter there. Now, he doesn't pay the whole mortgage on that house. He pays less than half. And he told me that he worked for Kia. And Kia was a very strong uh, automobile industry thing. And uh, he went into work on Friday. And when he arrived at work, they had locked the doors. They were waiting out in front to give everybody their checks. All brand new cars are still on the showroom, uh, in the showroom. And they're going to figure out what they're going to do with that. And he's lost his job. So I was thinking, you know, when I shared that with Carol, you know, our first reaction, I know this will shock you, was not so much about how are we going to make our payment if he can't make his payments. Our thinking is this. We have a lovely home. We have a lovely faith family. I have a job, at least so far this week. You know, I have a job. He doesn't have a job. Think about him. He's got a child he's got to take care of and a sweet wife. And I'm just thinking what he's facing in the future. Do you think he needs faith? Yes or no? Okay. Let me give you another thought. You know that there's a lot of talk about bringing our military home from Iraq and you know, Afghanistan maybe a little bit. I know there's going to be some shuffling, and I don't have all the numbers, but you probably have heard that. I want you to think of what it's going to be like when thousands and thousands of military personnel come back into our unemployment work field, what that's going to be like in our economy. It's going to be pretty tough. And, you know, it's just possible that when you go back to work on Tuesday, you might find a pink slip in your box that you have been transitioned out of your job. Is that possible? Carol went shopping the other day and found as we went shopping that some of the things we normally would buy went up a whole dollar. And these weren't big ticket items, they were small. So it's going to affect us, trickle down anywhere that we go. 
Then you think about the loved ones who maybe are really struggling and you're not, and they're going to look to family, and you're part of family. And they're going to look to you, perhaps, hoping that you might be able to chip in something to help sustain life for them. Who only but God knows that it might come to a point where they're going to have to move in with you. And, of course, that's a whole new world when you have another family living in your home. So all of that being said, that could be very, very, very discouraging. And I'd like you to know that you don't have to be discouraged because God promises that when we have faith, we can not only survive those times, but for Christians, we can thrive during those times. If you know of someone right now that is struggling because of fear of the future, fear of failing, fear of their job, fear of the economics, and all that that'll bring, could I encourage you to do something if you really love that person and care? Bring them next Sunday. Do you know what my next sermon is going to be on? Today it's faith. Next week it's going to be on hope. And I've got some things that I'd like to share with you that God has just opened up richly in His Word and the Spirit of God just put this together. And I want to give you some fresh bread on hope next week. You know, in the physical world, there are things that make life a little easier. Do you agree with me? Having a car that works, it makes it a lot easier to get to places, doesn't it, than bumming a ride. How many of you have a car you're not sure you can depend on, you know? All right. You got, we call those beach cars around here, don't we? Some of them are beached cars. How about having a computer that works, that you can put in data in that, and when you need to get something down, it'll come out very quickly, and you can retrieve it and use it. Boy, it's nice to have a computer. That sometimes makes life a little easier. I often think what it'd be like to have a pickup truck. I can carry furniture in this thing and all the stuff to the beach that I'd want. But then I got thinking, if I had a pickup truck, you'd think, boy, life would be a lot easier if I could use the pastor's pickup truck. So you know how that would go. But a pickup truck would make life a little bit easier. And for you ladies, how about, what would you do? What would we all do if we didn't have a microwave around our house? How many have used a microwave in the last 24 hours? Heat your coffee. For me, as long as I have a microwave for my popcorn, I can survive. You know what I mean? We all appreciate that. Well, just like in the physical world, and I could give you a litany of things that would make life easier for us, in the spiritual world, there are items that God provides for us to make our spiritual life easier. First of all, He gives to us a Bible. And when He gives me the Word, He gives me with the word, a door into the knowledge of God, understanding His promises, and to know that I have a friend that will never leave me, He'll protect me, He'll provide for me, and just knowing His word just opens up a spiritual Disneyland, better than that for me, all about God. And having a church to attend, you know what God gives me with that? He gives me people that really love me. And I want to thank most of you who love me. I want to thank all of you, you know. But we love one another here. Isn't it nice to know you can come to a place where you don't have to compete against anybody like you do at work? You don't have to worry about being left out of things around the family. But when you come to church, you are loved just the way you are, that you have a purpose and meaning, and that you have a place you can love safely here. You can be just the kind of person God wants you to be. That's what God gives us in a church. How about a prayer time? I got thinking about this as I was driving in from <clears throat> the camp and sleeping in a tent, just like the other folks out there. And as I was driving in, I was thinking... How neat it is to talk to God. It, and I feel, listen, see if you agree with this. When I talk to God and I'm speaking to Him, I'm talking to the Creator and the Sustainer of the entire universe and everything that has its breath and being. From the very beginning to the very end and all the eternality, I am speaking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when I think about all of that, I feel so unworthy to talk to Him. I'm thinking, am I really praying right? Here, this, is, this is the biggest, this is, this is God of everything. And I get to connect with Him through prayer. And then I got thinking, is prayer really that easy? It can't be this easy. 
And God says, yep, because not only am I all of that, for Christian, he says, I'm your father. I'm your father. And I like to hear from you. The other day I got a call from someone on the phone and it was neat when he called me and I heard him. And you know what my first was when he said, hi, this is da-da-da-da-da. I said, oh, it is so good to hear your what? Voice. Have you ever used that phrase when you haven't heard from someone? It is so good to hear your voice. All I could think about is when I talk to God, he's saying, oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Now, some of you think you got to audi- you know, send an audible to God. That's good. But he hears the voice of the words that are shouted in your heart to him. And it's so good, he says, to hear your voice. So God gives us prayer to make our spiritual life go better. But he also gives me something else. He gives me strong faith. Through his word, he gives me faith. Now, here's what I want you to pay attention to. This is critical. Remember what I said, the things in the physical world and the things in the spiritual world? That which connects the two together to make life better, our spiritual life and our earthly life better, is our faith, which is the link that connects us to God who is in control of everything we can't control, who's more powerful, watch this, than any adverse situation like our jobs and finances. He is bigger than that. He is wiser than that. He is faithful to keep every promise he has made to us. And what connects me to God is my faith. For why would I really pray to God anyway if I didn't believe he existed or that he was a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? So if I believe all of that, that's my faith and I talk to God. So with that, I'm going to ask him and answer the question today. What does having faith give to us? Number one, faith gives us salvation. Now I have to start off on that because if you don't go through the door of knowing that you are a blood-bought, born-again believer in Christ, then you have a lot of spiritual platitudes that could be accurate, but it won't connect to you because you're really not his child. And he's really not your father. Oh, he's always your God. And he is a spiritual father to those that are in his forever family. Look at this verse right here, John 1, 12. It says this. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God to those who believe on his name. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to clarify some things about this very used verse. First of all, sometimes when you're explaining the message of salvation to people, you'll say, well, what you need to do is you need to invite Christ into your heart. You have to invite him into your life to be saved. And I'd like to say that is very spiritual and very nice, but that is not clearly accurate in Scripture. Some people say, well, that he's knocking on the door, and if I open up that door, a little crack, he'll come on in. They take it from Revelation. The issue with that is that was spoken to believers where Jesus wants to have fellowship with, with people who are already part of his family. It's not a salvation verse. Now, with your eyes and your heart and mind, let's go over this verse and show you the accurate thing that happens for salvation. It says, but as many as received him. Circle the word as many. Because that means it's open to anyone. So no matter who you are listening to me, whether it's on radio or you got a copy of a CD from a friend here at church, you could be a part of the as many. This could include you, man, woman, boy, or girl. No matter what you've done with your life, you could be a part of the as many. In fact, you could write your name there. For as many as received him. So you're saying, ooh, you just said a moment ago that it's, you don't have to ask him to come in. You don't, you don't have to invite him in. Yeah, you're right, but watch carefully. As many as received him, to them gave he right to become the children of God, which means you're God's child. It means God is your father. Now, the last phrase I want you to underline right there in your little outline. To those who believe in his name. So here's how you look at that verse. I will receive Christ. He will come into my life when I believe on his name. The worship team led us in this great praise worship song about his name. 
Well, again, his name, name means save, Jehovah Yasha. When I believe in his name, that he is a God who makes a promise, and he promised that Jesus died and rose again, I can have eternal life. When I believe, the moment I believe, I trust Christ as my Savior. And I become his child. I received him. So the operative phrase here, as you believe in his name, you receive him. Another verse says, Most assuredly I say to you, he that believes in me has everlasting life. Follow along. It says, he who believes in me. It doesn't say he who behaves has everlasting life. It does not say he who believes and behaves has everlasting life. And it doesn't say this either. Watch carefully. He who believes has everlasting life. Because faith doesn't save people. It's the object of our faith that saves us. And it has to be the right object. And there's only one right object, and that's the person of Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us on the cross. So he who believes in me, in Christ, has everlasting life. Notice what else it doesn't say. Who, he who believes in me has life until he sins again. No, it says he has everlasting life. So here's how salvation comes to us, through faith. But it comes to us, first word is the word simply. It is so simple. I remember just before I trusted Christ as Savior, I was a 16-year-old kid. I was laying in bed as an old surfer that I had had too many wipeouts, I guess, and I was worried about dying. And so I said, God, whatever it takes, whatever I have to do to go to heaven, I will do it. I could have said, if you want me to walk on glass, I'll walk on glass. If you want me to do something, whatever, I would do it because I was so lost, so, so scared of going to hell and so much wanting to go to heaven. Whatever he would tell me, I would do. It was so remarkable how that God heard that prayer and in less than a month he brought me to a meeting where that the simple gospel was presented to me and the word of God was shown to be God's mind on paper scientifically, historically, archaeologically. I could trust this book right here. And then he showed me that we're all sinners and I didn't need to be convinced of that. I already knew it. Then he showed me that good works wouldn't get me to heaven. The guy then showed me verse after verse that it was by faith alone and Christ alone for the glory of God alone, that I could have eternal life. He made it so clear. He says, now all I need to do, watch this, is transfer my trust from myself, transfer my trust from my good works, transfer my trust from anything else I was hoping that would get me to heaven, and place it solely and only in the person of Jesus Christ. He says, once you do that, you can have eternal life. I was so excited because that's just how simple going to heaven is. Remember the phrase, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Look at the next one. Salvation comes immediately. Immediately. In other words, is getting saved a process? Well, I'm going to answer it this way. Getting saved, in other words, going to heaven, this whole concept, it, it, it is partly a process. Part of the process is, first of all, saving faith is I have to hear truth. If I never hear truth of how to go to heaven, I'll never know how to go to heaven. So I have to have truth given to me. That's the first step in the process. The second step in the process is I have to believe that the truth is the truth. Follow me what I'm saying? I can hear truth, but then not believe it's truth. But now I hear truth, and I must believe it is truth. But now believing that it's truth, does that get me to heaven? That's still not full saving faith. Watch this. I need to hear the truth. I have to believe it as truth. And then I have to rely on that truth for me. I personalize it for me. I trust Christ. Now, the moment I place my faith in Christ, I'm immediately saved. Now, most of you that are here, because we've got a bunch of folks that have been with us long enough that have heard my testimony about that night and Carol and all of that, so I don't need to rehearse that, but here's a part that's brand new to you that I have not told you yet. The man who was up there with that well-worn Bible sitting on that little stool, you know how he's sitting up there and the room was filled with teenagers and Carol invited me out and they did all the music and he's now going through the message, he has this well-worn Bible. He then explained how he came to faith in Christ. He was... 
This was in 66. So in World War II, he was a B-29 bomber pilot. A. Ray Stanford is his name. He's still alive. He's going to be 94 this year. Um, he was explaining how that he was a sinner. He at one time was just so lost. He talked about how he didn't know Christ as his Savior, that he looked forward to, to drinking beer. And he said, I remember one time I was so excited about dropping all my bomb, doing all my war stuff. I could go back with the boys and drink my beer. I was so excited. He says, one day I was assigned to fly my bomber over Munich. And God had a sense of humor. And over Munich, he said, you like beer so much? He got me shot down and I'm headed to the ground over Munich, you know, the big beer capital of Germany, I guess. And on the way down, he finally said, oh, God, save me. I want to know what can I do to be saved. Well, he didn't die, obviously. Very shortly after that, he was in South Florida. There was a man there by the name of uh, Linton Fowler. He's the one who started a Bible college in, in Denver, Colorado. And he sat old Ray Stanford down around a big dining room table and while they were talking about the Bible, he explained how you can trust the Bible as being God's mind on paper, just like we've done here with you. And then he, Fowler very lovingly said to Ray, Ray, you know, the Bible says you're a sinner. And Ray says, I know that. The Bible says because you've sinned, you're separated from God. And when you die, you'll spend eternity in hell separated from him. The Bible says that no good deed you do will get you to heaven. The Bible says you've got to be perfect to get there, but you're never going to be perfect. And nobody is. And so that's why good works won't get you there. You've got to believe that Jesus died. He died on the cross and paid for all your sins and he rose again. And if you place your faith in Christ, you can go to heaven for God so loved you, Ray, that he gave his only son that if you'd believe in him, you wouldn't perish, Ray, but you'd have everlasting life. And here's what Ray said that night. He said, as I sat at that table and I heard John 3:16 that I just put my faith in Jesus Christ that I could have all my sins paid for, he said, that's for me. And right then he trusted Christ. Now, Ray humorously said, somewhere between here and here, he said, I was saved. You know what I mean? That's for me. He placed his faith. He transferred his trust. He claimed Christ as his personal Savior. So it happened immediately. Well, the rest of the story is that he went on, started a tremendous youth work in South Florida. That turned into a Bible college. That turned into a church. And there are now missionaries all over the world from one person. And don't think it's Ray Stanford. It's from that man named Clifton Fowler who was faithful to communicate that clear gospel. But Ray was saved immediately. The process is knowing the truth, believing it's truth, but then you need to place your faith in Christ and you can be immediately saved. Third is salvation comes completely. Completely. Now there is this progressive part about it. Yes, you still have sin in your life and as you grow in Christ, you're going to see that those grave clothes of sin will begin to fall off as you decide to make him Lord of your life as a Christian. And I hope that you would do that. I hope you start right now. But you are completely saved. So when you die, you're going to go right to heaven. He doesn't have to clean you up on the way there. It is something that happens completely. But now your Christian life is something that is a matter of, of doing it. Can I be funny with you for a moment? There's a little truth in jest. How many of you like to fish? Anybody like to fish? Okay, now I know some of you like raw fish, and I'll pray for you, okay? But, you know, when you go fishing, when I go fishing, I get the fish. Hopefully, I catch my fish. When I get it, I scale that thing, and I gut it. Uh, ladies, I'm sorry. Sorry, kids. I, you know, you take out the important things that you don't want to eat, okay? And you have this nice fish. So what do we call that? What am I doing with the fish after I catch them before I cook them? What is that called, everybody? I clean the fish. And so what God does is he catches us. We're placed in His forever family. The Spirit of God through the Word of God and sometimes other children, brothers and sisters of God, God uses to clean us, the fish, as we're in the process. But 
Was I a fish before I was cleaned? Or did I become a fish after I was cleaned? You answer that. Everybody shout it out. Before or after? I was a fish before. But I taste better after I'm cleaned. All right, let me move on. Number two. Faith gives us salvation. Faith gives us strength to stand. To stand. I don't know you, some of you, because of your island style. You're very private. I can appreciate that, and I will accept that. And I apologize sometimes when I probe you too much when you want to be private. So you may be going through some difficult times. But sometimes the little bird gets out of the cage and flies on my shoulder and tells me something about you. And I believe some of you are facing some challenges financially. I know some of you are certainly facing some chi- f- challenges physically. Some of you are facing challenges with your family members right now. Some of you feel a little ostracized. Some of you are facing challenges with some of your friends. You know that they're dragging you in a direction that isn't right, but yet they're your friends and, you don't, and you're, you've got this inner tension. You know, you're not happy in Christianity, but you're not happy in the world and you're caught in the middle. And you just don't know how to stand yet. Some of you have real foes. You really do have an enemy. I know it's Satan, but Satan will sometimes get people to work against you. And some of you are really hurt because you've got some people at work that are undermining your career, your reputation, the things that you stand for. And so you're crumbling right now. Maybe that's why we need church every week. Sometimes to help build you up. Other times to maybe not give you the medicine to heal you if you're kind of ill coming in spiritually. Maybe coming to church for you is just, you know, your daily vitamins. You know, you don't know how good they are because you're just taking them all the time. For you is to get you ready to stand. Let me see if you know who this guy is. He lost his property, he lost 10 children, he lost his health, and essentially he lost his wife. Who am I, everyone? Job. Job. Boy, you guys are smart. And we all know about Job, and we're just thankful that we're not Job, but some of us go through our own Job experience. Look at the verse. It says, Yet he said, though, referring to the Lord, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Isn't that a great verse? Amen, everyone? Isn't that a great verse? It is a great verse. The problem is it's good for Job, but boy, Lord, don't slay me. I don't know. Can I still trust you? And some of you right now, the Lord is bringing you through a grinder. And he is testing to show you, are you willing to trust him that he is in control? Are you willing, watch this. Some of you, I'll trust he's in control, but are you willing to trust him enough to still do what God wants you to do even when you're being ground down? Though you slay me in the process of having me die financially, having me lose friends for my stand for Christ, having me lose promotions at work, because I won't compromise. Though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Some of you, uh, though you give me a flat tire, Lord, I'll trust in you. I can go that far. I hope we can go further than that. This last Wednesday, we've, been gone, we've begun a couple of weeks ago, what we call something more on Wednesday night. Haven't had a midweek service in so long. And so we've launched it again. We started with four people, and now we're up to 20-something coming out. I praise the Lord for that. But this last week, what we do, the first 30 minutes, united for prayer, divided for study. We, um, I passed the microphone around to people. How many of you were here last Wednesday night? And I gave it to a lady, and I don't want to embarrass this lady. But I gave her the microphone, and she then gave it, and she said, I'd like to tell you about a testimony for prayer, but also as a praise. When I was in school, I had a campus pastor, campus missionary in Alabama. And sweet family, sweet husband and wife gave their life for that. The wife got a rare cancer that was so fast spreading and so debilitating that in a very short time, she died, leaving her husband with two or three kids to raise by himself and young, okay, because her campus pastor was working with university kids. Very shortly after that, the daughter got rare cancer and still has that cancer, has not been cured of the cancer. In fact, the cancer has come back with a vengeance that is now in her brain and she's suffering with that. 
But watching mama go through that because mama was willing to stand, the daughter is giving the same kind of positive, strong testimony of the joy of Jesus. Now, while that's going on, the father has a massive heart attack and cannot do much now. He is now, he's home, but he's having to sleep on the couch and people are coming in to take care of the family. Now, I'm thinking about strong to stand. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's easy because he's like a preacher. He's a missionary. He's a campus pastor. He's had the Bible. He's had all the support. He knows all this stuff. He's given his life for Christ. He ought to be able to stand. No, he's still a guy that puts on his legs, his pants on his legs. He's the same guy that goes to the doctor, same person that has to deal with the struggles that you and I have. And so he's standing. So how does he do that? It's an F-A-I-T-H thing. It's a faith thing that he's able to do this. And I pray that you can do that. And wouldn't it be nice for you to know that you can do that before God has to test you, to show you? You can do that. But there's also the faith to serve, all right? Faith gives us to stand, but strength also to serve. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. FM, AM 950, The Word. I'm Alan Dempsey, as usual, with you here in the afternoon hours, soon to be an evening, on this 29th day of August, 2017. And again, you can help help those who uh, need our help so desperately right now. Uh, You don't need me to tell you all about it. You've seen the videos. You've seen the pictures. Families are displaced. They're going to need temporary shelters. And in those shelters, they're not going to have things like cribs and beds and food and clothing and pillows because they didn't take anything or much with them and they need our help it's simple and you can help with save the children gift of fifty dollars going to help them in their time of need triple eight two four eight zero three twelve help the victims of hurricane harvey in texas and houston especially it seems eight 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 two four eight zero three one two with your gift or at save the children.org slash radio August ministry, a spotlight shining on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah. He has a new book out, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven, online now at davidjeremiah.org. Plus, he'll be here October 3rd, coming to the USF Sundome. You can join David and friends for a free life event, a life beyond amazing. You'll have his band there, the Turning Point Band as well. You can download your free tickets. That's right, free event at davidjeremiah.org. And don't forget to listen to David Jeremiah, Monday through Friday, in the morning at 9.30, and again in the evening at 8.30, here on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Next, Dr. Charles Stanley, and In Touch, where faith comes by hearing. 
Legal representation is often about personal values. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. For probate, estate planning, divorce, adoption, guardianship, issues concerning children and the aged, call me at the law offices of Alper and Eastry at 407-869-0900. I am a lawyer who not only speaks for you, I share your values with the experience, energy, and enthusiasm to represent you effectively. My ultimate goal is to help you reach a satisfactory conclusion to your legal problems, to find peace, and to be able to move on with your life. Call me, Karen Eastry, at 407-869-0900 or visit my firm's website, altamontlaw.com. My office is conveniently located in Altamont Springs, close to I-4. So call today to make sure you have someone by your side at 407-869-0900. Offices, Altamont Springs. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Alaska, Missouri, and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer dealership. Visit tokowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. You look stressed. My car broke down. I just got a quote for the repair. I don't have that kind of money. You don't have a vehicle service contract from Toco? What's that? Well, you know how drivers have auto insurance to protect against accidents? Well, this is a monthly service contract that protects against costly repairs. If it's covered in your policy, they pay. When my transmission and air conditioner broke, the TOCO plan paid the whole thing. They dealt with the licensed mechanic, took care of the bill. They even paid for my car rental. And all TOCO plans are backed by an Amtrust financial insurance carrier. It must be expensive. Not at all. There wasn't even a down payment. And I've already saved hundreds of dollars on repairs, not to mention the stress. Protect yourself from the expense and stress of unexpected repairs. Call today for your free quote. 800-276-3316. That's 800-276-3316. 800-276-3316. Do you need a new roof but don't know who to call? Well, there's a professional roofer in town that takes you and your home seriously. The company is Total Roof Services, a premium provider dedicated to complete client satisfaction. You'll personally experience the difference. The staff is professional and highly qualified to meet your needs. Every client gets a complete inspection report outlining any deficiencies your roof may have, and it's free. Here's Andre Cudlaz, president of College Park Partnerships and her experience with Total Roof Services. I represent the College Park Partnership, the whole community of College Park. I really enjoyed working with Total Roof Services. No one that was as reliable. Total Roof Services did a fabulous job on my house. My partner and I, Jose Morales, met at church several years ago and founded Total Roof Services. Ever since, we've made it our mission to serve our community. You're going to love your roof. I guarantee it. Visit us at TotalRoofServices.com. State license CCC 1330329. 94.9 FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing. The three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.